Hello everyone and welcome back to the Just Interesting People podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Elena, and I'm so excited for our conversation. Thank you so much for being here. We really hope you enjoy this episode. Um, yeah, Jeremy, introduce her properly. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you so much, Elena, for being with us today in this episode. Uh, I'm really excited about it. So for the one um, who don't know you, you are the founder of the community and now company, but I guess he started as a community, uh, Woman Who Join. Um, I guess the main way to find you and to see what you do is Instagram, right? That's the best thing. Uh, yeah. You showcase amazing photographs uh, from a lot of women around the world, the, the, the drone photography. Um, and yeah, as I do some drone photography myself, I've been following you for a while and I was like, I'd love to know how, where this is coming from, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to dive into your story. How did you get started with it? Why? Where is it coming from? What's your vision about it and everything? So yeah, thank you again for being with us. Um, yeah. Do you want to maybe just start with a little background about you, where did you come from, where did you grow up, etc.? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, thank you so much for reaching out and having me uh, share the story of Women Who Drone and uh, how it was born. Uh, but a little bit about me and my background. Uh, so I have a video production background. I've been a video producer for a little over 10 years, which sounds really weird to say. <laughs> that gives you sort of an idea of my age. And uh, yeah, studied film, video, and have a TV production background. I've wore all hats. I've been a shooter. I've been on camera. I've been an editor. Uh, and I've been a producer and a director. So I kind of understand the full... You just did um, everything. <laughs> yes, I've done everything in video production. And then finally, uh, it wasn't until I wanted to hike the Great Wall of China back in 2017, I think it was, I wanted to produce a, a video about my experience. So as I was doing research and I was trying to figure out how I was going to go about this, um, I discovered drones. Now, I, I knew about drones prior to that, but I had never really... I didn't own one. I didn't. I wasn't flying one. And when I started to see all the content and uh, on YouTube and the ability to place your camera in the sky, I knew that this was something that I needed to learn how to do. I needed to buy my own drone, and I needed to take it to the Great Wall. And so, yeah, I early 2017 bought my first drone, taught myself how to use it, and two weeks later, I was on my way to the Great Wall of China made the video, and then just sort of fell in love with drone technology. That's a great place to start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your first couple of photographs must be epic. Everybody else is like in the backyard and you've just got the Great Wall of China. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was definitely, I, I know. Why didn't I just go start at the beach or something? I was like, nope, I'm going to the Great Wall. <laughs> Why not? I mean, yeah. Um, so just... I'm going off track, um, but um, why did you go to China? Were we just traveling? Are you interested in traveling or it was like business related? Yeah, no, it's a good question. So actually I was, you know, fresh out of a breakup. I moved away from my hometown to San Francisco and I just wanted to travel more. It was actually my first solo trip. Um, I've traveled many times solo since then, uh, but this was sort of like, that moment where I was like, I'm free, I'm going to go and do new things that I haven't done before. And a part of that was buying a drone and documenting it. And 
I've always wanted to hike the Great Wall of China since I was a little girl. That was just something I've always wanted to do. And I was just sort of thinking, wow, this is the moment where I can do anything I want right now. I can afford it. So I'm just going to book a flight and go. And then I did it. And I look back at it now and I'm like, wow, that was so great. I want to go back in a new unit of time because I have a lot more drone skills than I did before <laughs> to like recapture in the same area but you know with the new skills that i've acquired over the yeah, years I, I was actually thinking about that i'm i'm trying to remember like the first day i flew the drone like the first month i was like it would have been epic but i think i'd be better now <laughs> than i was a few years ago <laughs> yes absolutely i know the rules now too and i just yeah. know so much more about the camera angles i you know i can do different types of shots like before i was just i was such a newbie like my <laughs> remote control basically died on me during the hike and like yeah so <laughs> i usually you know i know about the checklist and everything and before i was just very very newbie <laughs> yeah um and <clears throat> so when you were in the video industry at the beginning did you um did you work for an agency you said or you went entrepreneur straight away yeah so actually straight out of college I was working for a TV uh, a TV network based out of San Diego at the time they were called wealth TV and I was actually producing travel shows so I was traveling the world uh, with a crew and we were capturing you know castles and houses and uh, yachts and um, it was called wealth TV so we were basically documenting episodes related to how you can spend your money. So it was actually sort of a surreal opportunity that just that I came across. Like absolute dream. <laughs> yeah, it was and pretty cool. I got to go to a lot of job. places. That's epic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was um they just threw me right in and I was on camera, I was writing, I was offline editing, producing and wore a lot of hats and got like a really good idea of just the way things worked um, in, a, in a network setting, which was very valuable, a very valuable experience. Where was your favorite place you visited during that job? I'm intrigued. Yeah, so I would have to say the Bahamas because one, it was my first time in the Bahamas or the Caribbean. And two, we got to document like uh, this really incredible house, two actually uh, incredible houses, one of which was Beyonce's summer house and then the other <laughs> Paul McCartney used to stay at. So I'm a huge Beatles fan, so I will never forget that experience. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I okay, was not expecting that answer. Nope. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it was definitely my experience in the Bahamas. <laughs> it's that's amazing. I mean, apart from the fact that it's just a <laughs> sick job to get out of college, uh, it's amazing because because you've done everything. That was amazing to get all the skills necessary to now doing what you do by yourself. Uh, was the best way yeah, to do everything, right? Absolutely, and I mean, but I think about it. That was I don't know. I guess that was about seven years ago which I wasn't using drones then, but could you imagine using drones to oh document God. these like incredible <laughs> houses? We were not using drones. And I think about it and I look back at these shows and these episodes and I'm just like, wow, I really, really wish we had a drone then. But, yeah. you know, it is what it is. And now I do and I use the drone for pretty much everything. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you go from that trip in China 
to did you then post those pictures on Instagram and did that start like a new passion yeah so from from my Great Wall of China hike I continued to travel and just again I fell in love with what I was able to capture in the sky and I continued to travel document photos and I started posting them on Instagram uh, though those started to you know get a, gain a lot of traction um, I, it wasn't until around a few months later, so this was around March and April, a few months later into the summer, around August, the Washington Post reached out to me. It was a this girl, she was trying to do an article about drone photography, and she told me she couldn't find very many women who were flying drones, and that sort of just stuck with me. So I started to also simultaneously get DMs on IG from girls and photographers and women who were asking questions about what drone are you flying? How did you get started? Do you have any recommendations? And I realized, wow, there's definitely a need for answers here. Right. And the fact that I'm flying and I'm getting all these questions from people who happen to be women um, is a really interesting thing to me. So I started telling my friend about this and she's like, well, why don't we start you know, something to help more girls get involved. Like we started doing some research. We came across, I think at the time it was less than 4% of women were certified drone pilots. And I was actually just practice. I was um, studying to get my part 107 license. Mm. And uh, we just thought that number was mind boggling and decided that we would start women who drone. And it just, this name sort of just came up as we were in the car on our way to a rooftop barbecue to go fly our drones <laughs> in Brooklyn. <laughs> and so we looked up the accounts on Instagram, on Facebook and Twitter. They didn't exist. We started the hashtag. We started all of the pages um, the following day and then just sort of took it from there and just encouraged people to use our hashtag. And then we sort of developed this uh a bunch of content from women who were using the hashtag and at the time no what no one had used that hashtag mm. and now we're over 50,000 people who have yeah. tagged us it's amazing in two years I, I yeah. don't know I, I thought he was older than that um yeah about two and a half years actually this October will be um our three-year anniversary okay that's that's impressive <laughs> yeah I mean we were really impressed too we just had we didn't really think like this would be a company or anything it just mm. it just sort of churned into I mean, we really just wanted to create a community where women can connect with each other. And we soon found out that there are a ton of women out there flying drones, but they just didn't know how to converse with each other. So then we started our Facebook group, which now is very active. And we have women who, before COVID, were meeting up with each other, uh, flying with each other, sharing tips and tricks, sharing their content, following each other. So it's really just grown into this like amazing community that's global. Yeah, it's amazing that you're empowering women as well. Because I guess a huge like portion of drone flyers are men. So like to get all the women together who are interested in that is so awesome that they've kind of got friends that are all interested in the same thing, and it's quite a male-dominated space to be in. So that's amazing that you've done that. Yeah, and I think that was really the push is that we didn't see anything that existed to inspire women but also girls because I mean we were huge on storytelling and we truly believe that um, stories inspire people so the more stories we can share about women who are flying drones uh, in for different use cases we then bring these stories and we go to schools uh, middle schools and high schools and share these pilot spotlights with the girls who have no interest in the drone when we walk in and then as soon as we share these stories they're very interested in picking it up and actually trying it out. 
So that's sort of like the method we've discovered. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know you were doing that. Okay. So let's, let's go back to the beginning. So yeah. Going to a barbecue, you come up with a name, you start the Instagram, Facebook page. So at the beginning, it was just like to showcase other women's work, right? Yes. Uh, And and also because people were reaching out, you were trying to give them advice and and provide value so they could get certified and etc. At this time, were you still working in the video production business or? Yeah. So at this time, I had just moved to New York and I was job searching. I was freelancing, doing video production work. Um, I had just left a job in San Francisco and then I was starting Women Who Drone. I was already flying. I had my Part 107 drone license. And then I actually started doing um, Airbnb experiences where I pitched drone experiences to Airbnb and they approved it. And so I was teaching people how to fly drones. So I was giving like a one hour lesson to people at a park in Brooklyn. And then I realized this just sort of happened simultaneously as I was setting up Women Who Drone. And then I continued teaching. So I was just sort of freelancing, teaching, living in Brooklyn, and just sort of figuring out what was my next move. That is such a good idea. Yeah, and those sort of just um, took off as well. And that's really where we came up with the idea of workshops and lessons is like, wow, well, why don't we start teaching? And that's really the, you know, the education aspect of our mission, which um, our mission is to inspire, educate and empower women and girls with drone technology. The inspiration part is the content and the stories we share. The education part is the workshops and lessons, now virtual lessons that we're doing and workshops. (laughs) And then the empowerment aspect is um, giving back to our community and uh, connecting them to job opportunities within the industry. This is so much deeper than I thought it was. I thought it was just cute drone pictures by women. I didn't know you had all these like initiatives and like helping women and children. Yeah, there's a bigger picture. (laughs) It's just amazing to hear us. I had no idea. Yeah, especially just in two years and a half with six months of COVID in the middle. Well, nothing's happening. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? I feel like COVID times, like, it's very unfortunate that it's it's happening. But at the same time, we have really tried to figure out how to navigate through it. And so starting our virtual meetups, our virtual workshops, our virtual fireside chats with inspirational women have really proven to be the best way to provide content to our community because it's a global community. And prior to this, we were only doing events in New York or in San Francisco. Uh, And so it was localized and we weren't recording them. So I've learned a lot over the past six months on how to really uh, engage with everyone in our community by recording these virtual um, meetups and workshops. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's been forcing you to connect globally and not just in the U.S. or in New York. Yes. And I'm like, why weren't we doing this before? And it's just (laughs) crazy how something has sort of like pushed you to do things Mm -hmm. differently now. Mm -hmm. Okay. And did you work on that full time? Like that's your full time job now? 
So no, I also, <laughs> I know I'm a very busy person. This is probably why it took so long for me to get back to you. And I'm so sorry about that. Um, I also work at Google. Uh, so my, I, during the day I work at Google and then I guess you could say my nights and weekends are like women who drone. Um, and yeah, so at Google, I actually work on the Google Play brand team and I'm running their social media channels. And um, Women Who Drone, I have a team of six and then um, myself who I just told you everything that we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so there are six people working with you on, on Women Who Drone? Yes, there are. So I have an incredible team. This is not just me. Um, I have a I have Ella, who's our social media manager. She is managing all the content that goes out on all of our social media channels. Uh, we have Taisha, who's our writer, and she is uh, managing all of the content that's going on out on our blog. And then we have Eliza, who helps coordinate and manage all of our workshops and meetups and our fireside chats and facilitates the whole thing there. And then we have Yasmin, who's our incredible director uh, for our brand ambassador program. And so she manages all of our brand ambassador relationships and um, our Getty Images uh, partnership. And yeah, so, um, and then I can't forget Sayona. She's our video editor, <laughs> editor who uh, manages our YouTube channel and all the content that you see on there. She's editing. Right. Editing. Do you, want, <laughs> do you want, can you see yourself going full time with this or do you still want to keep your main job as well like do both or can you see it yeah so I mean right now it's it's feasible to do both um I I mean I love both of what I do uh for women who drone I mean I definitely see it being a full-time absolutely full-time gig role whatever you want to call it um I think right now for us uh all of us do it out of passion no one is getting paid uh our writers get paid um by the articles that they they write but as far as the rest of the team goes we really do this out of passion because we really believe in inspiring more, more women to join this industry and to close that gender gap and funding is definitely something that we're seeking right now so of course if anybody's listening we are seeking funding and um we think that if we can grow our library of content that'll be the best uh form of you know growing the company in general okay i i thought the I thought you and the whole team were actually working as a full-time job on uh, on the project. I didn't know it was everything out of passion. That's... Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, very... you, you produce so much content. That, I don't know, it looks like it's a full-time job. <laughs> yeah, I, it could definitely be a full-time job. But um, as anybody who knows me would tell you is I probably do, I mean, I just... I just sort of like, I'm nonstop. I'm just like constantly <laughs> doing things. And it's like, it, it seems like, it's like, how does she have the time to do that? But I don't know. I just make the time. And sometimes I feel like, wow, I still have so much more to do and I can continue doing, I need to do that and do that. But yeah, I think it's, it's, it's not work. It's not work for us. It's more of something we really love to do. And I don't think we look at it as work. Like when I'm done, doing my day job and then I'm off doing like women who drone content on my weekends I'm flying drones and I'm producing content but this content eventually is going to be some sort of inspirational uh, piece or educational piece that's going to go back out to our community hmm. okay and how, how did you come up with the idea of going to schools I'm interested by this specific uh, project that you have yeah so um, I was actually in touch with a friend of mine who was going to a school, pitch, pitching a, a drone program at a, at a high school in New York. And so 
brought me along to pitch the photography portion and the cinematography portion of the program and the workshops that we do for adults. And that sort of just opened up this connection to um, the New York uh, the New York Department of Education. And in order for us to actually provide any programs to the schools, we needed to become a an official vendor for the Department of Education in New York City. So we went through that process. We are now approved by the Department of Education in New York to provide curriculum to schools across New York. But then COVID hit and we were just about to get started. And then, as you all know, school's out. And so we didn't fully get to implement our curriculum. However, we were also working with Girls Inc. to just go into schools and just provide like two to three hour workshops on a volunteer basis just to introduce drone technology to middle schools, schoolers and high schoolers. And these were girls schools. So we would show up and we would um, walk in with drones. Again, they had no interest in the drones we were holding. (laughs) And then we said, okay, well, you know what? We're going to show, we're women who drone. We're going to show you some pilot spotlights of these women who are using drones globally around the world and flying. And then after they watched the videos, we were like, who wants to fly a drone now? And everyone <laughs> raised their hand. So the parents are gonna hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably all went home that night asking for a drone. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, their parents were already aware because they had to sign waivers. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine for Christmas the whole Christmas list. Okay. Yeah. That's going to be an expensive one. <laughs> and there's also very tiny drones. So we would start off with showing them the little tiny drones in the classroom that can do little flips. Those ah. are about a hundred bucks, the yeah. Tellos. And then we would actually oh, yeah. take them outside and show them how to fly the Mavics, the Mavic yeah. 2 Pros at the time. Okay. You only work with DJI? Yeah. So uh, DJI, we work very closely with. We have a partnership with them and they provide oh, the drones cool. for the workshops that we do. Oh, amazing. That's yes. amazing that you got involved. Yeah, you got them involved. Okay. Yes, yeah. Our fr- uh, like some of our first meetups, actually, and our first uh, one-year anniversary was all at the DJI headquarters in New York City. Wow. So um, they've definitely been uh, very supportive from the beginning uh, of when we started Women Who Drum. Nice. So cool. Wow. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You said earlier that you help women get into jobs in the industry. How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. So the uh, the first program that we offer is our, we have a partnership with Getty Images, which is the largest content distributor in the world, uh, where they can monetize their content through the Women Who Drone collection. So essentially, they would go through an application process through our website. Uh, they would submit some of their content, answer a few questions. And then once we reviewed it, we would submit, and if they were approved, uh, we would submit their information to Getty Images and they can then upload their content to start monetizing the content, their aerial content through this collection. So that's uh, yeah. the Is first that stock way. Footage? Sorry? Is that stock footage? Stock footage, yes. Okay. Yes. So that is the first way that we offer just sort of ha- like monetizing your aerial content. Uh, and the second way is just partnering with different companies to uh, share jobs that are offered or that are open at that company. So we have a job board on our website that you can sign up for as a pilot, but you can also submit a job as a company or as anyone who sees a job that they'd like to share with our community. And so anytime a job is shared, we will share it with our network or... Um, we will, yeah, so we'll share, we'll share it with our network based on whoever submits. And, uh, we have a, a newsletter that's, uh, attached to that pilot network. 
and you also provide help to get women certified, right? It's like workshops or... Yeah, so we actually have a number of resources on our website to study for the Part 107 exam. Uh, so there's online courses. We don't have um, we don't have workshops on it right now, but we have online courses that are available under our online course tab on the website to start studying for your Part 107. Yes. Okay. You must get lots of men wanting to join and be like, "Can I?" I want to join. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's funny you mentioned like we we are not against men. I just want to point out that we teach men. They they show up to our workshops. We always get this question. Like we get a few inquiries on our website and phone calls of, "Hey, I really want to book a, a workshop with your company. I'm a guy. Can I do it?" Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Yes, of course, absolutely. We advocate for women just because of the gender gap." Uh, but we 100% teach men. Uh, the Facebook group, while it is um, female-based, we actually just started a new Facebook group called We Drone, where it's male and female, and it's really to be more inclusive of the community. We just really wanted to stick to having our Facebook group uh, have the female community. Um, honestly, it wasn't my decision. We actually submitted a poll to our entire community, getting their insight to ensure that we keep it true to what they joined yeah. and um because there were you know get, we were getting a lot of requests into our facebook group that were male and we were like okay we feel really bad not <laughs> letting them in but why don't we just open it up to the community and see what they think because at the end of the day this is something that they decided to join for whatever reason and there are so many drone groups out there and they decided to jo join this one and be active in this one for some reason. So we wanted to just make sure we're always getting the feedback from our community and we're providing the best value to the community at the end of the day. So we, men are absolutely welcomed. <laughs> when, when I share pictures on my Instagram, I tag you just in case one day you feature me by mistake on the page. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Ella. <laughs> um, I wonder, do you know if most of your audience is based in the US or is global yeah so we have we are global we have um i guess it depends on which platform we're we're referring to uh for our facebook group we're global we have a number of women um i would probably say i, I don't remember the top the stats at the like on the top of my head but a majority are us uh, we have a lot of women from australia um and oh, yeah. the uk and um, parts of Asia and Europe, of course, and sort of just spread out. And then, um, I mean, our social platforms are really just kind of yeah. all over the place. Um, definitely a, a, a ton in the U.S., but um, I would say sort of split. Yeah, okay. And do you plan to... So you've been doing meetups in New York. Uh, something do you have in mind to bring those meetups in other places in the US or in other countries in the world? Like yeah, so, meetups or? yeah, so we were doing meetups in New York over the past couple of years, and, and we did do some in San Francisco. We did a couple in San Francisco. But honestly, as I mentioned, now that we have discovered just um, new formats and just new processes in developing virtual meetups and workshops, we will likely continue to do virtual stuff um, versus having these meetups um in person at locations because they're just 
more manageable and honestly we reach more people so mm. it just yeah. makes the most sense when you're when you have a global community makes sense yeah yeah but yeah you can't fly together but <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what's the future for women who drone like have you got any big goals and big dreams you want to accomplish or things you want to do uh, in the future, we have a couple objectives, uh, one of which is we'd really like to get started on creating a, um, a coffee table book that sort of highlights different uh, female drone pilots and their content. And then um, that's sort of like in the beginning stages right now. Uh, another thing that we're doing is uh, we're just really expanding our content library of workshops and and virtual workshops and chats and meetups so that we can we're recording all of them but eventually there will be this library of content that we'll be able to share with our community too so that they can refer back to it and learn a specific skill or get inspired by a, a chat with a inspirational woman in the industry or just learn about another company in one of the virtual meetups okay uh, um just for people who don't know anything about drone because I feel like yeah. we fly so it's hard to, um, <laughs> can you give examples of some jobs for example that involve drone photography or flying drones yeah absolutely so a few jobs um, I recently did a job well I guess not that recent but uh, you can use drones obviously for photography and cinematography purposes we've captured as women who drone um some cruise ships in the Cayman Islands where they were looking for aerial photography of their new ship that that was just um, they were just about to charter so those are just a, a couple ways that you know you want to capture a big cruise ship you're going to put a drone in the sky uh, you can also use drones for construction if you're going to do mapping um, photogrammetry is a big way that uh, things can be documented over time where you can create a three-dimensional model of a building of a bridge of a specific landscape for farming um, there's also you can use drones where you're attaching LIDAR equipment, which stands for light detection and ranging. This will give you um, a better three-dimensional model using light. Uh, so these are just like different types of technology that you can attach to your drone so that you can um, help document specific environments or spaces so that you can share this with an engineer to read and help build something. Uh, so those are just, I'm just trying to figure out or trying to share some information on not just photography and cinematography, because we can all think of ways or when we've watched commercials of like, oh, that's a drone. That's a drone. Every time I'm watching TV, I'm like, drone shot, drone shot, drone shot. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, but yesterday, Amazon announced that they had an agreement with the FAA to mm -hmm. uh, do drone delivery. Yes, that's another yeah, yeah. drone <laughs> delivery. That's um, a hot, hot topic. Yeah. Um, also for medical supplies, there's um, also uh, we just actually did a meetup with Drone Seed. They're based out of Seattle, and they're using drones to plant forests. So as you know, there's a number of fires happening up in Northern California. So after those fires are done, they're going to need to replant some trees. And so drones are being used in that way to replant acres and acres mm. of trees by dropping seeds. So there's just so many different use cases for drones nowadays. And um, they're, they're continuing to pop up search and rescue. I know people who are using drones to help um, during victims who are drowning at beaches. So, I mean, documenting whales, it's whale season right now in California. So there's just so many different 
use cases where drones are being utilized. Yeah, we did an interview with a, a marine biologist a few couple of months ago, and she uses the drone to spot manta ray in the ocean. Yep, um, that's another thing. Awesome. Yeah. Also, facade inspections, like in New York City, people die from things falling on them when they're walking down the street. So that's because the facades are not being inspected quickly enough, mm -hmm. and they need to be inspected um, every year. So they're now starting to utilize drones to do the inspections because it's actually high risk to send people up there. Oh. <laughs> it must be a big one as well, like photographing homes and like... Property yeah, real sale. estate. Absolutely. We have a ton of women in our community who are using drones to um, do real estate as well. Yeah. And I, I feel we are probably just scratching the surface anyway, mm -hmm. in a sense. We, mm -hmm. If you think about it just five years ago, you would have say, in five years, we're going to have drones and we're going to be able to do all that. I don't think that was realistic because drones were totally unaffordable for a start five, ten years ago. When now, with just, like you said, like a few hundred bucks, you can buy a pretty decent drone. Yeah. Um, yeah, they really didn't have the cameras. They yeah. didn't have, yeah, they, yeah, the technology is just 10 times better. So it's, it's, it's really hard, I think, to imagine what it's going to be like in five or 10 years, probably. Uh, <laughs> I know. It's pretty exciting, actually. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, especially if you've been traveling, actually, with a drone, um, in terms of regulation? Because I know that's kind of a pain in the ass. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I know. For example, so I'm from France, and I know in France to fly a drone is honestly, is such a pain. Um, and I feel the regulation is really different based on the countries, etc. Um, what what's the situation online? Do you see that that could be an issue long term? Like if you don't have a license, you can't fly, kind of thing. Well, I'm not too sure if they'll implement it in that way. I know um, to have a Part 107 license, you then have the ability to make money as a pilot. But it also just gives you, I think, generally speaking, if you're flying a drone often, it's important to understand airspace and um, the laws and the regulations. And typically when I, when I travel and I bring a drone and I plan to fly, I always look at the location uh, that I am planning to fly in so that I can plan out my flight. And there's a few apps uh, Kitty Hawk, I use all the time, and this helps you identify the airspace and whether or not you should be flying in that area so that you're following the rules and the regulations. You can log your flight. Uh, so you just want to be mindful of those of the rules, just if you're an avid flyer. So I'm not sure if there will come a time where hobbyists will not be able to fly at all. Uh, it just really depends on how much of the airspace drones are going to be utilizing. It depends on how delivery is going to end up. Mm. You know, like, are we going to have a ton of drones in the sky yeah. in the future? Because if we are, then me and, you know, you, we might have to have that license so that we understand that we shouldn't be flying at this altitude because, you know, Amazon drones are only allowed to fly there. Yeah. So it might, we just don't know. But I know that the FAA is working pretty diligently to uh, get... Uh, unmanned aircraft into you know just try to implement it and um be more mindful of how more drones are going to be in the sky and in the airspace yeah well i think they need also to update the 107 because i mean i've passed the test like in february yeah and honestly like reading an old map from the 60s and yeah. looking at degrees etc i mean there's no, no question about drawing now like barely any like it's 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 not a drone license it's it's an FAA license and 
I think they need to update the books a little bit and <laughs> yeah and more yeah there's definitely <laughs> some questions in there that you're probably never going to encounter yeah. as a drone pilot <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but we have to keep in mind it's the government and yeah. things move a bit slowly <laughs> yeah it does yeah <laughs> um so what's your i mean you, you you've said that you have some objective short term um What's your big vision? Like if anything is possible, really, what, what would you like to do with Women Who Drone? Like the big, big vision. Yeah, so the big vision, I guess, would be is that... That's a, that's a, that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think that Women Who Drone could be the go-to place for women who want to get started with drones, but this is the ultimate resource for them. We would be like the Girl Scouts for drone, you know, mm. for drones for women. <laughs> If I like really thought about it on a larger scale, um, because ultimately the more, I mean, honestly, the, the biggest, the largest vision would be to move that gender gap and to move the needle on the gender gap and get more women involved and see more women in, ex in executive positions at these drone companies that are thriving right now and more companies um, starting up. So uh, can we get more women to feel inspired to not only join these companies, but start their own drone companies and just be like, have them, point out, yeah, I did this because I was inspired by women who drone. So if we can have an impact in that way to inspire women executives um, in the drone industry and at drone companies, I would totally be content with that. Hmm. I feel also you, you, you really have a, a good shot expanding globally because you have ambassadors everywhere. Uh, like in yeah. Australia, there are some incredible pilots over there. I, Yes. I love the content in Western Australia. It's like, oh, I want to go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you, you, you have an amazing community spread out all over the world that could help grow the brand, uh, go to schools in other countries, etc. like you're trying to do right here in, in, in New York right now. Yes, absolutely. And um, all of our brand ambassadors are brand ambassadors for a reason because they all have inspiring stories to share. And so absolutely, that's um, just one way that we really tap into our brand ambassador network is uh, we offer them opportunities to go speak at conferences in their country because, I mean, I can't possibly be everywhere. I wish I could duplicate <laughs> myself times 100, but it's not possible. So that's how we do it with our brand ambassador program. And just to shout out those amazing women in Australia, um, Mayor Watson and Sandrine Heck, they were actually one of our first brand ambassadors. And so their content is incredible. And we have so much more women in Australia that are doing great things as well. Um, so, yes, I, I think, yeah, that's definitely one way of doing it. Mm. Um, when you were growing up and before you started all that, did you have any interest in working in a field about inspiring and empowering women, um, helping little kid to achieve, you know, things like what, was that something that was, you were interested in it or it just came out? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, so I wouldn't, I, I'd say that my interest in empowering girls started in college, uh, mainly because I, ha I was uh, doing a 
like a sort of a summer job where I was actually teaching Girl Scouts how to make videos. And I really enjoyed teaching, but I also really enjoyed teaching them something I was passionate about, which was video production. And then also during my uh, time in college, I was a part of an organization called the Vagina Monologues. I'm not sure if anybody's heard of it, but it's a it's a production. It's a theater production. It happens every year uh, around Valentine's Day. And it was to stop violence against girls and women. And we would basically have this entire uh, show. And it was a series of monologues of women. And then we would raise funds and the proceeds would all go to an organization to stop violence against women and girls. And so I've always had a passion for just helping women in general. And then this sort of just stemmed into that somehow. <laughs> okay. So yeah, you. It's it's amazing in a sense because you've managed to put your something an interest and your job and hobby like all together yeah um, in a sense you, you could have been woman who something else and not drawn <laughs> you, you would have stumbled into another area it could have been something else yeah probably who knows I mean I yeah. think what's interesting is you know I was having this conversation the other day with my friend is that everything that you learn or every skill that you acquire in various positions or internships or roles is some somehow you go back to that in your, you know, in your current role. Like I was just thinking, I used to produce online courses for a company. And now in a way, we're doing that for Women Who Drone. We're producing these online virtual workshops. And I'm using the skills that I acquired four years ago when I was producing online courses to now what we're doing for Women Who Drone. And I, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have known how to coordinate these virtual workshops so easily had I not done that job for a couple of years. So I just feel like, you know, over time things happen and you learn things and then you add it to whatever role comes in your future to your future yeah. self. hundred percent. Like you, you, you never know. Like with, with Rosie, like we always have things going on, like multiple projects. Like our friends always joke about that. We always do like a million things at the same time. <laughs> uh, and it's true, like every every month we try to start something. Like we come up with an idea and we try it. And it doesn't work very often, but <laughs> we learn every time. Every time we learn one thing, one skill, one tool. And and if you put everything together, you, it's nothing is wasted. Everything yeah. is experienced. Everything adds and, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it does. It's and we don't realize that on when it's happening, but five years ago five months later whatever it's like oh here we are i remember yeah. i know how to do it <laughs> exactly i literally thought that yesterday i was like oh my gosh that's why i learned how to do that because i'm gonna do it you know this month yeah. <laughs> yeah. everything is valuable for that when you learn something it's not a waste ever absolutely yeah. so acquire as many skills as possible because one day it'll make sense you just don't know it yet true yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're still waiting for our big thing that's gonna make sense yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, for people who don't know anything about drone, because uh, a lot of people don't <laughs> still, um, can you just like give us a little? Because I feel when we talk about drone, and I, I can see that when I fly the drone on the beach, or whatever people look look at me and it's like it's rocket science. It's like, whoa, you're flying a drone. <laughs> like, yeah, I do. <laughs> it's, it's it's not that hard right now actually right. like the, the technology like it's amazing like with dgi you're really guided and everything like 
it, it's not as hard as it seems, <laughs> clearly, and it's accessible to a lot of people. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about where the technology and where the industries are and, and how, if, if anyone listening wants to get a drone, wants to get started, where, where they, sh what they should look at? Well, of course, I'm going to say you should go to our website. <laughs> because we have recommendations on where you should get started as a beginner, intermediate, or advanced, and what drones you should purchase. Uh, we have a whole section there under our shop page. Um, but yes, to your point, uh, drones are very, they're very easily accessible, they're very affordable now, and it's just such a great technology that, um, and very user-friendly that anyone could learn. I would say for any beginner who's trying to get started, I just recently flew and reviewed the Mavic Air 2, which is an affordable drone. I think it's a $799. Yeah, it's the one. And yeah, and it has a great camera. It's very light. It's very petite. Uh, it has a new remote. And it's, uh, again, just for those who don't know anything about drones, these drones hover in place. So if you ever feel nervous or anything like that, um, you just stop touching things on the remote and it'll just yeah. stay there. <laughs> or you just press the home button and it'll land itself. Yeah. So as you, you know, navigate, once you get your drone and you navigate through the system, there's also some, some, also some really great tutorial setups that are embedded in the app that just walk you through every uh, sort of uh, feature and um, button that you need to know about when you're about to get started flying. Uh, DJI, of course, I'm a, a huge advocate just because... Um, Their drones are very user-friendly. Um, those are the drones we fly. Yeah, DJI is a pretty good uh, place to start. There are, there's also Skydio. That's, um, those are good drones as well. I recently tested out the Skydio 2, which has a really great follow me feature. Um, also did a review on that. If you're trying to get a, a drone that's based in the US, um, So yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. I think like for the most part, they're all fairly user-friendly, affordable. Um, it's not like you had mentioned five years ago, 10 years ago, these things were just really expensive and hard to understand. But now anyone can pick up a drone and get started. And also there's the Tello, which is a hundred bucks. And you can get started with that and fly it in your house. And you can fit it in a small bag as well. Yes, you can carry it purse. anywhere. Yeah, yep. it's... it's pretty cool that that's the reason i went the first one we bought was the mavic air the first one and that was the reason because to travel is just so small you can literally put it anywhere yeah so convenient yeah it's, it's perfect for that. so i have a question how many drones have you crashed if any <laughs> i only ask this because i've crashed and i've not flown since i'm like petrified oh. <laughs> <laughs> well recently i've been crashing a quite a bit only because i'm learning how to do fpv and oh. so yeah fpv drone racing yeah. is um a completely different challenge than what you would fly normally um on dji products um I mean, I'm also using the DJI goggles and the DJI uh, remote. Mm. And then I have the receiver on my FPV drone. So just, the FPV drone. Just yeah. for the people who don't know what it is, do you want to First person what's view. FPV? Yeah. yeah. So FPV droning is, stands for F first person view. Essentially what that means is you wear goggles and in the goggles you see what the drone sees. So there's a camera on your drone and you're going to see exactly what the drone sees. So it's very much a like virtual um reality do i got that right vr yeah. yeah so 
it's a so when I'm answering you the crashing part because I have crashed quite a bit and it's very important to practice in an open field away from water so you don't crash your drone in water I typically practice um on grass and these do not hover so and they go really fast and so it's much it's a just a different skill level so my crashing is happening a lot with FPV with other situations um one time I crashed into a tree in Bali um, this was a few years ago, and I just mismeasured how tall the tree was, and I actually had to launch another drone into the sky to find that drone in the tree, and it took like two hours to get down. Um, but I haven't crashed a, like an actual DJI consumer drone that hovers and has all the intelligent flight features since. Um, I've been very cautious about that. But so a lot of my crashing right now is um, practicing FPV. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's... FPV looks insane. I've seen the videos. It's like a roller coaster. Like it's it is. Crazy. I want to try it. it There's no need so to go good. on a roller coaster. Just like put some goggles yeah. on and watch yeah. the pilot go. <laughs> it looks so good, honestly. It's oh. yeah. You can like dive buildings when you're yeah. like when you're really good. Um, like I've just seen some incredible videos out there with very talented pilots. So yeah. it takes a lot of skill and it takes a lot of practice to acquire that skill. So that's something yeah. I've been really working on. Yeah, yeah. Something. Just to clarify for everyone, I feel when you get a drone, I think it's not a matter, and any drone, it's not a matter of if you're going to crash it, it's when you're going to crash it. Because <laughs> it's going to happen one day eventually, like for sure. Like somehow it's going to happen. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't like to tell beginners that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... <laughs> I usually just say, I mean, especially because, you know, you have all these sensors equipped to your drone and it's like, you know, you have to really try to crash it because no, it'll don't say just say that because I crashed mine. <laughs> well, well, what did you crash? <laughs> so I was flying over a stream and I think rather than going up, I went sideways and I went straight into a tree and it kind of fell like in slow motion down the branches and then into the stream in the north of England at winter like in winter times so we had to like literally walk through the stream take our shoes off and go and find it in this freezing cold water and Jeremy was like what the fuck wow okay so I'm assuming you didn't have obstacle avoidance on then and that probably no, wasn't did, a Mavic but, 2 but no it was the Mavic Air the first one that and doesn't it does, have it, it on the side. Have the side one yeah. so yeah it was like yeah. boom <laughs> okay so then for all you beginners listening there is now the Mavic Air sideways. 2 and it has obstacle avoidance all around the drone so yeah. if you were going left and there was a tree there it would beep and stop in position yeah. so I mean now it's, it's quite hard <laughs> yeah I crashed man just before no at the beginning of, of COVID like the first week after the shutdown I went to the beach and I wanted to photograph the empty Miami beach and I was like it's never gonna happen again in history like I'm gonna document that I went out I took I think three photographs and then suddenly the remote control did like connection lost I don't know why and it just went down in the water. Like, okay. Really? Yeah. Well, this was the Mavic, which one? Uh, the first one. The Mavic Air. Yeah. Um, I think... The well, battery... it is Wi-Fi. So um, yeah. you probably lost your Wi-Fi connection. The new yeah. Mavic uh, Air yeah, that, is that, not... That, that's why yeah. I got rid of it. <laughs> yeah. I got a new one. <laughs> well, because I had the DG, DGI Care. Yeah. So I got the new one, sold it straight away and bought the second one and... I'm safe now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really a big fan of the Wi-Fi. Connection. But that means I'm I missed 
the whole lockdown, I didn't have a drone, so I didn't oh, document no. empty so Miami. I was like, damn it, it's never yeah. going to happen again. People getting some like, amazing footage of like Ocean Drive just yeah. dead or like... I don't know, Brickle just dead. Yeah. And then we were like, yeah. ah, we can't fly. I literally have four photographs. That's all I've got. Oh my gosh. Well, at least you have something. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh no. Honestly, I think that's happened to me once with the Mavic Air 1 as well. Um, but I, I, I thought it was my, my propeller because I had a broken propeller on it. It happened as well in, in Puerto Rico just a few months before. Same, like suddenly connection lost and... I don't know. We got it back, luckily, but yeah, I'm I'm fine now with the second one. Okay, so the recommendation <laughs> is to get a drone with not no Wi-Fi connection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the Mavic, yeah, the Mavic Air two is the best option. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and like you said, it's pretty affordable. Yeah, seven ninety nine. Yeah, the battery yes. is amazing. Although my favorite drone is the Mavic two Pro. Sorry, the Mavic Pro two Hasselblad camera. Yeah. It was a little bit pricey for me, but yeah. <laughs> that's why I didn't get it. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Do you have any other question? No. Um, honestly, keep doing what you're doing. I think it's <laughs> amazing, this community you created. I'm pretty sure you're just getting started. Like you said, I think right now you're about, like, about 50,000 followers, right, on Instagram? Yes, you know? yes. Yeah. Um, in two years, tw- well, three years soon. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> when you think about it, it's amazing. Um, and yeah, I'm going to keep following you. I'll keep tagging you. Why, <laughs> awesome. why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, I love all the photographs you share. All your ambassadors are amazing. Um, and yeah, no, you're doing an amazing job. Thank and, you. I really appreciate and, it. And, and I think the I'm really curious and, and about what you're going to be doing in more educational side. I think that's a brilliant yeah. idea. I've never heard about that before. Like teaching drone to kids in school. Yeah. That, that's a brilliant idea by itself. Um, because, you know, it's nice because it's going to be, when you're at school, most of the time, it's like, you can be a lawyer, you can be a teacher, you can be this, like all these boring, <laughs> boring, not boring, not normal jobs. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think there's going to be a teacher that's going to say, yeah, you can be a drone pilot. Yeah, like, we walk in, not, we're like, you can fly drones. <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's not like something they're ever going to consider as a career. Yeah. When it could be, right? especially the, the generation now that's. 10, yeah, 15 years old. Like in, mm-hmm. in five years, that that can be a massive career. So it's amazing that you're working towards the education of the next generation for that. It's an amazing idea. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And they can start studying for their Part 107 at age 16. So that's a whole other, mm-hmm. you know, they can get started just like as if they were going to get their license to drive a car. They can get their license to get, you know, fly a drone and make some money mm-hmm. at age 16. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's amazing yeah that's a whole class in a high school <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um best way to find you so instagram yeah all, all of our social media channels instagram facebook twitter linkedin and our website is womenwhodrone.co co stands for community <laughs> okay i'll link everything in the show uh, thank in the you show note anyway so people can get in touch um yeah thank you so much thank uh, you so much that was such a nice conversation Both of you. we enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no thank you really i really appreciate it <laughs> thank you so much for being on the episode i really enjoyed talking to you 
Um, thank you so much for everybody for, for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure you share it with somebody else who might be interested. Go and follow them on Instagram. Go and check out the website. Go and learn how to fly a drone and get your coin and some money. <laughs> um, yep, yeah, and we'll see you next week for a new episode. Bye. Bye.